in this attic lot going on but there ain't no need to panic come on up and join we getting wild getting manic spitting truth for all you fanatics uh every week got something new to say ain't no filter this shit coming straight from the brain it's coming straight from the brain yeah it's coming straight coming straight from the brain What's up, everybody? Today is Tuesday, March 30th, 2021. This is A Talk in the Attic. I'm your host, Kirk Ross. Some of you might be thinking, we know you're Kirk Ross. Blah, 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 blah. Welcome to A Talk in the Attic with Kirk Ross. Hosted by Kirk Ross. I'm your host, Kirk Ross. Me, 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 me. Jeez Louise, we understand. We get it. You're Kirk Ross. Wow. That was harsher than I expected. But your point was received nonetheless, loud and clear, in fact. So today, rather than spending the entire episode in the limelight, per usual, I'm going to shine a light on some of the other folks here and introduce you to some of the unsung heroes. That's right, I'm talking about the crew of A Talk in the Attic. We've all heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. But what if your child is a podcast? Does the adage still apply then? I'm asking the I'm asking you, yes, the producer. Yeah, so sorry. For a moment there I thought you were asking if the adage that it takes a village to raise a child would apply to your podcast. C- could you repeat it? Yeah, yes, that's what I'm asking. Of course, of course. Right. Well, Kirk, in my view, sayings like this can be applied to any situation whatever you the the user of the saying wants to apply it to. Okay, great. Well, then I'll go ahead and use it then. Uh editor, make sure you cut that part out. Editor. Hello. Earth the editor. Yes, I'll write it down, Kirk, but I can't guarantee that I'm going to remember to cut it out. Not after hours and hours of this nonsense. I'm only one man. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, uh, as if we needed any more proof that you get what you pay for. Okay. They say it takes a village to raise a child. And I have it on good authority that this adage holds true even if your child is, for say, a podcaster, or maybe there were other kids involved and there was a uh, a different kind of casting going on, and then the uh, the adage would still po- possibly apply if maybe you maybe you had a kid or, or maybe even had another kid that's a that it's like a podcast. Um, the point is, it takes a village, right? Did that sound Did that sound okay? Well, I mean, did that sound smooth? No, okay. editor. Smooth the silk, baby. Yep. Well, if we have to, we could just chop it together in, in post-production, too. It'll be great. Well, thank you. Uh, I thought it sounded pretty smooth and pretty clean myself. So, And by the way, editor, I- I'm sorry for the for the joke I made earlier at your expense. Sorry, I must have missed it. Earlier when I said you get what you pay for because you're an unpaid editor and you gave a bad answer. Oh, yeah. I heard that. I actually thought you were talking about you to the listeners since... You don't get paid either. Oh no! I, no, I was pointing. I was pointing it at you. But <laughs> well, well, no, I knew it was rude when I said it. But then when you came back and said that I sounded really good talking about the adage, it made me realize that I shouldn't have been mean to you. Like hearing you be nice to me made me realize that I should be nice to you. Well, that, that's nice of you to say. Well, you believed in me when the producer over here was saying, "Well, I don't know if that was so good. Um, I don't know." During the middle of a show. Not great for the confidence. But then I, then you came in, you gave me some confidence, you told me it was good, I'm sure it was as well. 
Yeah, I mean... I really appreciate that you re-explained the insult that I had missed so that you could apologize for it and feel better about yourself. You're welcome. It means a lot. It, it does. It does. Well, jeez. Is there something wrong? It's, it's just that... It's just that your, your honesty, it was inspiring to me. Well, that means a lot, say, hearing that from you, yeah. And now I have to be honest about something, too. Mm-hmm. Earlier, when I said that you sounded smooth as silk and I can make it sound good in post-production, mm. during that whole it takes a village thing... Y- yeah? Well, I was just saying that. Oh? I was just saying that because I want to get done early because Michigan's playing tonight, and plus I thought it would be cool to watch you fumble around your words a little bit. I felt joy in that. Oh, kind of like in a, it's great to see progress, leave the mistakes in there, you're growing so much in front of our very eyes, like in, in that kind of way? No. No more of let's watch this pompous gas bag stumble his way through a poor analogy kind of way. Re- respectfully, of course. Okay. But then seeing you take that insult back, albeit one that I missed initially and was ultimately offended by once you re-explained it, hearing you take that back, that made me realize something, Kirk. It made me realize that being honest is always in style. So true. Honesty is always in style. And honestly, to that end, I need to admit to something else as well. Oh? Well, honestly, hearing that you were inspired by my retraction of the insult, even though you hadn't heard it the first time around, and then I I circled back around and told you, and then so I could apologize. Well, hearing you be inspired by that has inspired me as well. Oh. Earlier, when I took that insult back, the one that I had pointed in your direction... Yeah, the, the one that I had missed that you re-explained so you could apologize? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. What, what about it? Well, I didn't really mean it. Oh, oh the insult. <laughs> no. No, you didn't mean it, or no, you didn't mean something else? No, I didn't mean something else. Well, what didn't you mean? I, I didn't mean the apology, okay? I didn't mean the apology. So why even do well, it? Be- because I, I could tell that you hadn't realized that it was pointed at you, and I wanted you to know that it was pointed at you because it was a bullshit answer. Yeah. And it was a good joke, a good insult. Yeah. And so I brought it back around just so I could re-explain it to you. That's fucked up, man. It kind of is. Yeah. Agreed. But then hearing you be inspired by my honesty and humility when they were actually intended to be sarcasm and hubris, that really inspired me to tell you the truth about the fake apology. Hmm. What's, what's wrong? No, it's, well, it's, it's just that... Spit it out. It's just that hearing you come clean about your fake apology after being inspired by me coming clean about not really being authentic about telling you you sounded good, that inspired me to come clean about something else now, too. Oh? Which is to say, I don't think honesty is always the best policy. Well, what do you mean? It says it right in our corporate handbook. See? Right here. Honesty is always the best policy. Yeah, but look at what just happened, Kirk. We got so honest with each other that we derailed the entire introduction. And now what are we left with? And your conclusion to all of this is is what? That that, that, that honesty, honesty is, not, is the, not always the best policy, exactly. Well, I think that it is. And I think that everyone that works here has to think that it is, too. Well, you know what? When you, when you put it that way, it's, it's all becoming clear to me. Meaning? That honesty is always the best policy. And that you're always right, Kirk. See? I told you. Exactly. All right, folks. Uh, who knows how much of that opening segment you'll hear and see that's all up to the editor who by the way i love dearly despite his entirely snarky attitude towards me but before we get derailed any further let me take you around the room and introduce you to the entire crew of a talk in the attic but first let's start the show 
Okay, welcome back. Uh, I hope I didn't lose too many of you during that complex opener. Yeah, okay. I'm glad you guys stuck around. You're going to be glad you stuck around because you get to meet the team finally for the first time ever. We're going to swing around the room and introduce you to a few of the key players here at Attic HQ. First up, our sound engineer. Hi, everybody. I'm the sound engineer which means that I'm responsible for the technical aspects of every recording that happens up here. But what does that mean exactly? Well, engineers typically have hair like this. Not to be stereotypical, but it's true. A lot of people assume that it's in post-production where a clean recording is made, but that can't be further from the truth. The reality is your recording environment is what will ensure either a clean or sloppy end product. A few tips for you before you start recording something is everything off that can be in the house, things like air conditioners, refrigerators, fans. What about electronic devices? Are all of those off that can be? Sometimes those will put out a really high frequency pitch noise that you can't even hear with your human ear, but that your microphones definitely will be able to. So be careful there. Turn everything off that you can. Of course, here in the attic studio, a lot of work went into sound treating the room. Things like these sound-absorbing acoustic foam sections adhere to sound-deadening wall panels affixed to a double wall system for maximum sound insulation from the outside world. Now, as the engineer who built the studio, I can tell you right now that a shopping list for a soundproof room is a lot like a shopping list for an underground bunker in which you may keep your backup family, aka your concubines, in the event of an apocalypse. I'm talking, of course, to you cult leaders out there. So every time I go to Menards or Home Depot and I buy something, I always get a lot of eyes. What is this guy doing? Building a recording studio or being a weirdo? Hopefully you will be able to connect the dots a little quicker than my parole officer did. Look, Officer Lee, it's not illegal to have duct tape or twine or a shovel in your car while you're driving around at 3 in the morning. It just isn't. I'm a sound engineer, damn it. Of course, even the attic has its weak spots, namely the window areas. So if you have windows in your room or have untreated ceilings and walls, I can't recommend anything better than bath towels and beach towels and heavy blankets and comforters. Essentially surround yourself with soft, absorbent materials and that'll take away all the echoes that drive a sound engineer like myself crazy. Now let me share with you one final tip before I show you what my hot project is today. That is know the microphone you're dealing with. Each microphone has its own design, its own shape, its own directionality. So many times I see on YouTube, or other places, people talking into the backside of the microphone or having it oriented in the wrong direction. The Shure SM7B, for instance, kind of shoots off like a water hose, so you want to get your face right in it. They're all different. Make sure you know what you're working with before you start. Now, if you can remember these three things, you'll be a lot better off than I was when I started this podcast. So whether you're an aspiring podcaster yourself or a future American Idol, or maybe you just want to sound better when you talk to your parents on FaceTime, heed these pieces of advice you'll be better off. Now, let me show you what I'm really excited about right now, which is that we have a new addition here in the studio, and that is, of course, this drum kit behind us. Let's go back over there and check it out. This is the Ludwig breakbeat set. We've got a 14-inch snare, a 14-inch floor tom, a 16-inch bass drum, which is a little bit smaller, but perfect for this room for a lot of reasons. We've got our high tom, a hi-hat, and this crash cymbal, okay? Of course, now I've got to figure out how to mic these things. In order to learn how to mic these, I'll have to become at least serviceable on the drum kit, right? Nothing special, but I at least need to be able to play, listen back, move the mics, play, 
listen back, move the mics. It should sound at least decent, right? So I've been working on that. Okay, I'm not good. But it has been fun, I'll tell you that. Jessica's been working on it too. I've got two different mic setups here. Here is mic setup letter A. Please comment in the section below. Tell me which one sounds better, A or B. Okay. some of that thing back this time with the second audio configuration. So which one sounded better? Audio configuration A or audio configuration B? it for me so I'm gonna hand it over to my main man the tape man hey what's up guys I'm the tape man probably wonder what I do well I handle all things tape duct tape electrical tape scotch tape masking tape things to tape down things to tape up things to tape so we get a little bit less harsh light on our faces tape 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 all day every day it's tape you wanna know what my real passion is? Obscure Japanese agricultural factoids. Yup, yup. Did you know that there are, there are 12 different varietals of Japanese mountain potatoes? Which by the way, are very different than a regular potato. Just ask Kirk, who once got chastised over a customer dinner by a Japanese colleague. Huh? Is that Japanese mountain potato, not a potato? So anyways, that's tape. I'm gonna send it over now to our intern. Hey, what's up everybody? Uh, I'm the intern here. Uh, interns get talked down to a lot. It's kind of the expectation, but that doesn't happen here. Uh, my job duties here include getting water for Kirk, getting food for Kirk, telling Kirk he's good at stuff even when he's not. Sometimes I'll get on all fours and let Kirk put his feet on my back, just in case the leather ottoman's a little bit too soft, but the Turkish foot pillow is a little too firm. When guests are here, I always make sure their drinks are ready before they get here. I keep them well served while they're going. Sometimes I have to pull a dog hair or a fiber off their shirt or their sweater. Sure, it's awkward in the moment, especially for an intern, but at the end of the day, as Kirk says, zero pug hairs should make it in frame, and I think he's right about that. He's definitely right about that. I'm making a lot of errands runs, to be honest. Uh, the sound engineer is always looking for a cable or an adapter of some sort. Uh, the tape guy always needs tape. Sometimes he has me go to these weird Asian markets for some vegetables. Who knows? If there's a test that needs done, if there's an odd that needs an end, I'm the guy. I'm the intern. It's an unsung position. Happy to be here. I work directly for the producer who actually I think we'll send it over to now, I'll give you a chance to meet him. I got a bunch of stuff I gotta take care of. All right, thanks guys. Of course there's the producer. Hey everybody, I'm the producer. 
I don't have a lot of time to be doing this, so let me explain a little bit about what I do. The producer title is one that is defined clearly in the big media landscape, but here in DIY land, the producer is responsible for doing whatever it takes to make sure the production goes off without a hitch. So in between scheduling guests, making sure episodes drop on time, making sure everything is set up correctly, I also have to find a production style that I can then weave into all the other podcasts I produce, which is more than just a talk in the attic. There's the Passion to Profit podcast, the Doncast, Hydro Homies, and Body Pulse Movement, or BPM for short. So it is my responsibility to make sure that all of those productions sound like they're coming from the same producer. At the end of the day, it is the producer who's responsible for producing the product. And with all of these personalities running around up here, many of whom you met today, you can see that it's very difficult to keep everything on track. The writer is always getting his work done a little bit late on Tuesday. The host is always doing his hair. The editor is fast, but that's only because he has to be fast because he procrastinates too long every time. The intern is always taking on more than he should. The sound engineer thinks every single thing that happens up here needs to be within his control. That's annoying. The social media guy, he didn't even meet. He hates his job. And then there's a goddamn pug who keeps breaking containment and gets up here and gets hair all over everything. It's difficult, people. And did I mention that there are lemurs? Of course, you already knew that, but there are lemurs up here as well. What'd you say, producer boy? I thought I told you to wake up, sheeple. April 4th, 2021. That's when the real inauguration is coming. Point is, there's a lot of chaos up here. Five different podcasts called this particular studio home now, each with its own schedule and its own personality, its own style. But it keeps things loose up here, it keeps things fun, and just like all of you listening have to wear many different hats throughout the day, it's the totality of these hats that we wear that make each of us who we are. We all can feel it when one of our hats is being worn too much or maybe another one isn't being worn enough. Maybe at work you're too busy on administrative topics and not really able to handle your strategic parts. Or maybe work as a whole is taking up more time than it should compared with your family. Maybe your weekend warrior is starting to show up on a Tuesday, Wednesday time frame. We all know what that feels like. We're all balancing so many responsibilities and that feels good. That's what makes us human. Within this delicate imbalance, I'm learning more and more each day to be the truth and I bet you are too. And that is that regardless of what hats we're wearing, we need to be as close to our authentic selves as much as possible throughout every day. Whenever I get out of whack, I survey the situation and almost always learn that it was because I wasn't being authentic to myself that I'm in the position I'm in. That I'm not holding true to my vision for what I want in the studio or this podcast project or this house in general or this life with Jessica. All that said, there's of course a time and a place for each of our strengths and weaknesses throughout the of each of our strengths and weaknesses throughout the day, obviously. When I'm not feeling particularly creative, that's when I do my editing or my sound engineering. When I'm in the zone, that's when I write, or work on sound design, or perform. And while each of these hats manifests a very different side of me, each one is still a true part of the whole me. This project has helped me learn so much about myself, but also so much about organizational psychology. Now, in this particular company, I am every single employee, but that doesn't mean there aren't still office politics at play. The interest of the writer in me might fly in the face of the marketer in me, what the producer wants may be a lot different than what the host wants. What the intern feels is a lot different than what the businessman feels. You get the point. It's a bizarre concept, I know. Interorganizational psychology of a one-man operation. 
But there's a lot to be gleaned when every single coworker has to stay part of the ship. It's just me, no one's leaving. No mistakes go unnoticed. No shortcuts go uncovered. Not when everyone reports the same signature line. But that's the accountability that makes what I'm doing here so exhilarating and so fun. There are times when I wish I could blame someone for what goes wrong in the production, but I never can. And to be honest with you, that's liberating. Counterintuitive, maybe, but liberating nonetheless. When you have no one to blame, you're truly liberated. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you taking ownership for every aspect of your life? Are you liberated? And if not, then who still shoulders some of the blame? The answer is nobody else. Not because that's necessarily true. Some people share some responsibility for whatever is going on, but primarily because this is the quickest and simplest method to declutter your life. And if your life is still a little messy, a little cluttered even, just do what I do and assign a small part of yourself as the intern and blame everything that you can on him. Peace out, everybody.